Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Season 3, Episode 5 of Reporting is Eligible, or uh, if you're listening to this on the Acme Packing Company podcast, uh, the f- maybe the first time you'll ever hear it. So, <laughs> um, and that, I want to start off, I'm, I'm Paul Noonan, right for Acme Packing Company and Shepherd Express, and uh, really quick housekeeping uh, announcement before we get started in earnest here. Um, the Acme Packing Company is expanding its podcast feed immensely. Uh, we, we've had one podcast forever, it's run by Zach Rapport, it does a great job, um, but uh Podcast networks are more successful than individual podcasts, and you see things like Locked On dominating podcast rankings. And um, we decided we have enough people with Justice joining that we can actually put together a, a decent show every week with various people. And uh, uh, this uh, will be showing up on the APC feed on Thursdays. If you listen to this as you do now, um, I'm going to set it up. You don't have to change anything at all. You can still listen to the RAE feed. But if you subscribe to Acme Packing Company, um, this will be posting as part of that podcast network on Thursday as well on the APC feed if you subscribe to that. If you subscribe to that, you'll also get a bunch of other um, podcasts from Justice, um, from Zach, and from a, a slew of other people doing you know more newsy stuff in the morning and more things like we do in the afternoon so um do subscribe to that and check it out as well and that's the end of housekeeping so uh, otherwise nothing's changes and you, you can be changing and you can all be the same listeners you've always been uh but back to business at hand um there's actually football this week for the first time in a long time and i'm not counting the wisconsin game this weekend um for obvious reasons <laughs> um and uh Oh, and there's just a home run by Avisail Garcia. Also, all, all off to good starts here. Um, so the Packers are going to kick things off against the Saints this week uh, in Jacksonville, Florida, because everywhere in the southern United States, well, actually most of the country is an, an ecological disaster right now, but Hurricane Ida has um, taken out New Orleans for the time being, and nobody else wanted to host this thing, apparently. So we're going to play in Florida in 90-degree weather, and that's that. Um, so to help preview this and talk about the Packers and the Saints and everything else in urban Wauwatosa, we have. Hey, it's J.R. Radcliffe, trending sports reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. And for those who are, who are familiar with the, the bit that we kick off this show with, uh, it's usually you and me t- talking. And yep. then, you know, we bring, we bring him a tub a little bit later on. Uh, but on this episode, man, I thought, oh, no, I've been cut out. It's just Paul now. Sorry. We, I, I, no, no, no. It's great. It's a lot of important information to absorb. And uh Yes, this is a this is a good time for uh, Wisconsin sports as we're watching yet another what's going to be another Brewers victory. Yeah. yeah. Um. But uh. But the but the Packers, man. The <laughs> the weather forecast that you just mentioned is um. Man, that is something. 
thing, isn't it? The whole the whole southern United States is just under siege pretty much with weather and whatnot. And now they're gonna I mean, like you're gonna you're gonna get there in 90, 95, 96 degree heat. It's gonna be uh it's gonna be a good time and it's gonna be all Packers fans. It is. It's like, gonna be Yeah, it, absolutely true. And I, I mean, it's not that there aren't Saints fans, it's just that they're um all you know, dealing with their homes and stuff right now. Yeah. So, um, and Packer fans retire down there. And so, yeah, it's going to be something I, I did want to mention. It's stupid that Jacksonville has a team at all and that they have a professional <laughs> football stadium. Be- be- so like I-, I am a defender. I think everybody should get to host the Super Bowl no matter where they are, even Green Bay. Um, e- even, you know, it should go through everywhere. Like, ba- you know, baseball has it everywhere. And Jacksonville had the Super Bowl a while ago and people made fun of it. And, uh, I do feel a little bad about that, but um, uh, my my viewpoint is egalitarian. Like everybody should host the Super Bowl because everybody's got a team in the league. You shouldn't choose to go there voluntarily, though, and that's that's what really gets me about this. Because uh, it, uh, is Jacksonville like it's not one of those under everybody complained about it for the Super Bowl. I feel like most cities that you don't think that much of, there's usually an, like an undercurrent of oh, this is actually secretly cool if you know where you're going. Like I used to live in Detroit. There's cool places to go in Detroit. Like. Um, but I've never heard anybody say that about Jacksonville. It, it seems like like the seventh best city in Florida. Like uh, I I don't I don't get why why this happened. Um, I know I know Dallas couldn't do it because they have some concert not really in too close of proximity. Um, Jer, who's who's playing in Dallas? I, I forget their oh, name. Los Bukies. Los Bukies. Los Bukies yes. are playing in Dallas. Yeah, so c- couldn't do that. Um, they they could have played in Soldier. I mean, we own that place, but whatever. Um, I, I, I did want to point out Jacksonville is pretty big. It's the 13th biggest city in America, which is bigger than I thought it was. So I, I kind of get that, but it is going to be 86 there on Sunday and in Green Bay. It's oh, 86. Be, not too that's bad. That's not so bad. I for thought Florida, it was going to be 96. For Florida, that's okay. That's the forecast. In Green Bay, though, it's going to be 67, which is like perfect. So they're losing like a perfect day of football. So. Um, it, it's it's unfortunate. And I'm Matt, but you can call me Matub. Yeah, nice work. <laughs> he forced his way in there this time. <laughs> he did. He did. Well done. Before, like, you're so in the infamous rundown, Paul is actually already halfway through the first page. So I had to. <laughs> there is not, there are not that many words written about the city of Jacksonville. I did not know the passion level. There's a, there's a whole last paragraph. <laughs> and Matt, there's a whole last paragraph. There's a big, there's a big gap in the rundown that you, um, because of a screenshot of little Jordan Humphrey's Raz. So just make sure you do get all the way to the bottom of it. <laughs> I, I yeah. do see that. Okay. So, uh, as always, I'm happy to come in the tub. Uh, Acme Packing Company, Meme Smith, and General Twitter Rabble Rouser. I haven't used that intro yet this season. That's true. No. We're out of practice. We're getting better every week, though. If you are, it's regular uh, season now, baby. It is. If you are listening for the first time because of the Acme Packing Company uh, conglomerate, what's the word we're use, we're using now? Uh, I don't know. Network. Network. Let's Podca- go. Network. Podcast network. Um, know that I came up through the ranks as an SB Nation commenter. I I became part of the Acme Packing Company family because I wrote a fan post that characterized Aaron Charles Rogers as General Sherman on his way to burn Atlanta to the ground. Hmm. That that's evergreen right now. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the only place where I think that description is endearing. Is when you're on a podcast in the same network. Like, yes, I'm one of you guys. Here are some of my greatest. <laughs> hey, you know what that. That uh, that article got a quarter million views in the first week. That's incredible. Okay, well done. <laughs> that's actually you, incredible. You win. Yeah. So uh, that that's my my claim to fame. Um, I also make people mad on Twitter, and 
Uh, I used to post a lot of memes. I don't yeah. so much anymore. Why not? What happened to your... I no. became incredibly lazy. Oh, well. You also had a second child, so I suppose that... Yeah, that makes yeah, things But I, Also, my content kept getting stolen, and I didn't want to be one of those like water watermark people. <laughs> oh, yeah, fair enough. I hate like when I, that Like, happens. someone would... Someone would take something that I put on Twitter and put it on Instagram and like get, you know, 30,000 likes or whatever. And I was just like, you know what? Screw this. Not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So steal this podcast. I dare you. <laughs> All, right. All right. Let's go back to bashing Jacksonville. That was a good time. Yeah. It, it's it's a bad city. Nobody should go now, there. Though, This is, though, the stadium where they have like a swimming pool overlooking the field. They have, right? they like, have multiple swimming pools. They do. Yes. Lots of swimming yes. pools. I'm, I'm on board with that. Like, I'm. I'm I'm pro swimming pool at uh, sporting events. That's always a good idea. I think if if Trevor Lawrence doesn't fire up that fan base, I, I don't know what they're going to do. Like at, at that point, if the, if the number one overall pick, who's supposedly a generational talent, if he's not going to transform anything, I mean, they went to the AFC Championship game like what three years ago. Like they What's should it? they should have some built-in fans at this point, and it's just not happening for them. They went to the AFC Championship with Blake Bortles they as did. quarterback. Impressive. Yeah, a, a, and Brad Nortman as their punter. I a, want to gro- a Grossman-esque performance by the, the Jaguars that year. <laughs> I live... Okay, I just looked this up. I live in a... I guess you could technically call it a suburb of Denver, even though it's its own large metro area. Jacksonville, with its major sports team, is only one and a half times the size of my metro area. Yep. That so my metro right. area is just, just shy of a mil, and Jacksonville, as of 2020, was 1.5. Yep, I think their their big problem is going to be not. I think Trevor Lawrence is good, and I think we'll be Peyton Manningy enough to overcome a lot of Jacksonville problems. But Urban, I think, is not going to work out as a professional coach. Um, it, it it seems it seems weird there. They seem to be intent on running the ball a lot. Um, you know, there's college football was for a long time very ahead of professional football in terms of strategic innovation, and a lot of it still is. But Urban's not one of those really progressive guys and um, they're not going to do a whole bunch of pre-snap motion and play action and, and fun bootleggy stuff. They're going to be kind of old school and that's not, that's not good for anybody, especially Trevor Lawrence. You could be in a better situation. Anyway, the, the Jaguars have nothing to do with this game at all. So <laughs> no, we, it's like they're not actually playing the Jaguars. We should point out after all that, but, but one of the great stories of the last week is, is the CBS story. I think it emerged from CBS revealing that, Behind the scenes, the Saints tried really hard to find a location that would not attract Packers fans. So they did research like how much money is it to get on a flight to get to Jacksonville or how easy is it to get to Jacksonville? So that was part of the calculus, which is kind of hilarious. And, you know, it is it is unfortunate because, like you mentioned, the Saints fans have other things to worry about right now. And that's part of the problem. Uh, But, you know, like Packers fans are everywhere in Florida. I mean, they will they will overrun this stadium with Floridian Packers fans alone. It's not going to be about access so that's i i do feel for that fan i do feel for that team and that fan base to yeah. a small degree they're gonna lose this home game probably others uh or may, maybe not outright lose them to a team like because there aren't many teams like the packers when it comes to fan travel but you know you're you're not gonna it's not gonna feel like a home game for a while and that's that's not their fault and that's unfortunate yep but uh the idea that they would like you said choose to go to jacksonville is <laughs> is highly suspect i don't like and you wrote this in the rundown why the, the insistence on an NFL stadium seems unnecessary. Yeah. Like college stadiums are very nice. Some of the more remodeled ones, there's lots of them in the South. They certainly seat as many in most cases, more people than the NFL stadium. So uh, I don't quite get 
get it, but uh, I'm pretty sure they could find a high school stadium somewhere in Louisiana that's still standing that could house 100,000 people. Absolutely. Or in Texas. Easy, easy, easy. The word we kept getting was they need to be connected to the replay um, booth in New York, but that seems ridiculous because I'm talking to both of you on camera over the internet right now. (laughs) For you know, basically no money. So it's not like this Literally is also, every work meeting is yeah. over the internet. <laughs> like, now, this is life. This, <laughs> this is also, how the world works. San Antonio has a pretty nice stadium, and they also have gigabit internet. Yeah. So <laughs> the whole thing was weird about needing Figure an NFL it stadium. It seems very stupid. They they definitely should. Did have... you did you guys know that the um the Saints displacement from Katrina has its own Wikipedia page? No, but that's fine. It should. I'm sure it's quite the story. It is. It's quite the story. Also, I completely forgot, and I think most people forgot, that uh, there was talk of the owner using that as a way to move the team permanently. Yep. I remember yeah, that. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hopefully well, it that... sort of happened. Why? Why was Oklahoma City hosting a team in the first place again? What was going on there? Was that a was that a full fledged calculated thing in the NBA? I think it was. Um... Didn't they? I thought that was a trial balloon. It was a trial balloon. I forget the logistics of it though. And um, did the Sonics lease end or something? I I, I totally forgot. I don't remember. I, don't know. Not, I was thinking there might be some natural disaster baked in there, but no, there's nothing. I mean, Seattle. So Se- yeah, the, uh, and there's no kaiju in real life, so it's not that. <laughs> that would be awesome, though. <laughs> like, don't go to the West Coast. Yeah. Fires, earthquakes, kaiju. Um, anyway, the New Orleans Saints. They went to the Super Bowl not long after Katrina. Maybe this team will too, right? James <laughs> Winston turns out to be a superstar quarterback after all, you know? Maybe. I, I think, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> I think the best, way, the best way to look at this Saints team is is uh, at looking in the mirror of what the Packers may be a year from now. Because you're, you're after your, your Hall of Fame quarterback is gone. It's the first year after that. Um, the team kind of went all in on the salary cap with the expectation that it's either breeze or bust, and then we rebuild. And so they hemorrhaged players, and I think you can expect the Packers to lose a lot of players next year. And uh, it, it's kind of you know over in, in time, so it's over in time to rebuild, and they're just not going to be very good. Uh, Jameis is okay. They could you could do worse as a follow up quarterback. Uh, the Packers might very well do worse as a follow up quarterback. So, um, but I, like Jameis is. Uh, he, he, we think he's worse than he is because one time he threw 30 interceptions in a season in modern football, which is incredible. I mean, we should that season should have its own DVD because that's really hard to do these days. <laughs> is it the, are you saying that Jameis Winston's 30 interception season I needs would, a 30 for it 30? A, it, it absolutely needs a 30 for 30. It totally, it's uh, it's amazing. It was allowed to happen, but he usually doesn't throw 30 interceptions. He usually throws like 12, and when he does, he's actually pretty good. Um, he actually ranked around where Aaron Rodgers did in the late McCarthy era when they were kind of pl- when Jameis was at his best and Rodgers was on the downswing there for a little bit. They they were usually about equivalent in DVOA on a year to year basis. So oh, you mean you mean the I would rather have Andy Dalton here. Yeah, exactly that one. Thanks for that. Um, that was a good year. Yeah, <laughs> good year. So Jameis is there, but that's you know th- that's not the problem with the Saints. I, it, it's not Drew Brees, but. Uh, uh, Drew Brees' shoulder was so shot at the end of last year. I think actually Jameis was probably better than he was by the time the season ended. Um, but uh, so, Paul, let's go over all the players that won't be there sweet. compared to who the Packers played against last year. Sounds good. Let's do that because that's fun. So the Saints, like we mentioned, are were in salary cap hell, and 
this is how you escape from it. So Drew Brees is gone. Emmanuel Sanders on last year's team, gone. Jared Cook, who is one of the best tight ends in the league in terms of receiving, he's gone. Um, Michael Thomas, uh, by the way, the Saints are a mess for other reasons. This is one of them. Uh, Michael Thomas waited, according to the Saints, too long in the offseason to have his ankle fixed and is now on the pup list and will miss the first six weeks of the season. They're mad at him for doing that, and he's mad at them for making that information public and leaking it to everybody. So they're fighting with their best receiver, who may not be on the team much longer after this season is over, and it won't be there for the Packer game. Um, Malcolm Brown, he's gone. Um, Janoris Jenkins, who um, he got toasted a lot last year, but he's, he's okay once in a while. He's gone. Trey Hendrickson, who had 13 and a half sacks last year for the Saints, he is gone. Sheldon Rankins is a Bengal. And Alex Anzalone, it's probably not how you say that name, but uh, gone as well. So, like, they just hemorrhaged people. They actually lost Quan Alexander for a little bit, too, but they managed to get him back on a one-year deal. And uh, they uh, that's a lot of talent to lose all in one offseason, especially when uh, on offense, there's nobody behind Michael Thomas and Jared Cook to catch the ball, other than Alvin Kamara, of course. Um, their starting receiving Corey is, I think, the worst in the league um, by a healthy margin. So it's not going to be a huge test for um, the Packers secondary this weekend. And it's going to be rough for Jameis to actually complete passes to anybody except Alvin Kamara. So that's fun. Well, this is really good because the unofficial depth chart was released today. And Kevin King is CB2. Yeah, he is. But I think we all kind of expected that. Um, He'd been running CB2 all preseason. Eric Stokes hasn't done anything super good to show otherwise. And so the default wins. The two sweetest words in the English language default default <laughs> that is a simpsons joke sorry um so trey hendrickson is the real loss there obviously michael thomas is the real real loss but <laughs> trey hendrickson's 26 years old yep he came out of nowhere not out of nowhere but he emerged completely last year didn't didn't get picked for the pro bowl but could have been i mean not that it mattered there was no real real pro bowl and uh he, he just signs a four-year 60 million dollar deal with the cincinnati Bengals, which doesn't like sound terribly cost prohibitive but that's that's what happens when you're in salary cap hell. You end up losing out on these like rising stars. Like any, I mean, and I, you could see that with the Packers too. Like if Rashawn Gary breaks through, like everyone hopes he is, are they going to be? They're not going to be able to keep him. You know, like there's a lot of guys who could take that next step, and and then you end up losing them. So that's an unfortunate peer into the crystal ball. I do think though that the Saints on defense, I mean, their offensive line actually has three studs on it, but. That's true. Defense are still okay. You know, like you mentioned, Quan Alexander, he's okay. You know, Marshawn Lattimore is still a shutdown type corner. He is. If he's right, Cameron Jordan is, you know, one of the best in the league at his position. Demario Davis, uh, middle linebacker, is exceptional. Yep. Malcolm Jenkins is pretty good. Yeah, Malcolm Jenkins, I mean, veteran. He's an older guy, but still, obviously, you know, he can can get it done. So, so there's still, there's still a lot of talent there on defense. But I would also point out if we're looking at that matchup from last year, 37 30 win. Um, which was really kind of one of the better wins of the season for the yeah. Packers. They didn't have a lot of marquee wins just by the nature of a season. It's hard to get them, but uh, that was probably one of their better ones. And remember, Devontae didn't play in that game. That was the first of his three days out. So Alan Lazard has a complete star turn. And you're thinking, well, you know, if you're if you're looking back at highlights, like I was today, you're thinking, oh, well, Marshawn Lattimore shut down Devontae and Alan Lazard just, you know, was the number two guy. Well, he was the number one guy, and he had like six catches for 156 yards or something absurd. Yep, he was great. So that's and he would have had 
Was, was that his stumble game where like every pass he caught, he was stumbling while he caught it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, there's <laughs> there another one where he uh, he he would have had a touchdown, but he got like just destroyed in the end zone. It set up a uh, it was a pass interference penalty, set up a first and goal that that they that they cashed in. So uh, what a game for uh, yeah, yeah. He was falling down, stumbling all over the place, catching catching the touchdown. Um, that that so, was yeah. very well. My my favorite thing about Trey Hendrickson is he is a perfect example of. Uh, Madden players know his name. Uh, last year, it, like in Madden Ultimate Team last year, he known players get good players throughout the year. Like as the year goes on, they, they get better and better players. Uh-huh. Uh, Trey Hendrickson had a 71 overall card at the beginning of the year, and then they just randomly gave him a 96 overall card at the end of the year. Okay. Nothing in between. <laughs> okay. Because it got, to the end, forward. it got to the end of the year and EA went, Oh God, this guy was really good this year. We should do something about that. <laughs> yep. The other thing about that game last year was, was the Kamara quake happened against the Packers oh, last God. year. And uh, a lot of the guys who participated in the Kamara quake are still on the Packers. So um, mm-hmm. well, <laughs> a little worried about that. It's not like the saints have no path to victory here. Like, Jerry, you were right about their defense. They were the second best overall defense by DVOA last year. They were number one for a lot of the year. And they didn't lose. Uh, I read off they lost a ton of guys, but they're still like half loaded and will probably still have something like a top 10 defense. Also, um, Montrevious was was there. <laughs> and oh, Zach Bond. Hey, look at that. Backup uh, middle linebacker with Wisconsin. Old. But oh, yeah, uh, he'll, get, he'll see the field. Yeah. But on offense, they are atrocious. Um, they're, they're starting wide receivers, depth chart-wise, are Traquan Smith, who um, has one good fantasy game a year, so every fantasy player knows his name, and then like never catches another pass. Deontay Harris, who is a, a guy, and Marquez Calloway, who is also a guy. Um, and Ty Montgomery is still, I think, fourth on the depth chart, which is not a good sign. And then they have a giant man named Lil Jordan Humphrey, who's 6'4", 225, who I, I want to see play, just for that very reason. So. <laughs> I don't know anything about him other than his RAS is um, like two, um, which I have in the rundown, so I should just go look at it. Just got to scroll down really far. 3.47, but the best part is his 40-yard dash um, was a, a 4.82 40-yard dash at his pro day. That is that is not good for a wide receiver. That is, uh, that's, that's real bad. So <laughs> one of the slowest guys on the field. Um, Always good when somebody's got the nickname Lil or Tiny or something. Yep. And, no, that's uh, his legal. Oh, it's name. his legal. No, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they like. I wonder if you know, mom and dad, given who they were, probably were like, he's gonna be a big kid, but let's uh, let's set him up for some irony down the line with uh, with Lil Jordan. Yeah. Did a nice job. It sounds it sounds like Marcus Callaway is Marquez Callaway has kind of emerged as the number one. That like Trey Smith, Traquan Smith isn't even necessarily, but has been good enough. He's been hurt. Like he's coming off an Achilles injury and stuff. Yep. Um, so, oh my gosh, they're just going to have to throw the ball to Kamara 50 times, right? Like, I think that's the plan. He was top 20 last year in receptions in the NFL. So he's going to catch the ball a ton anyway. Oh, by the way, they cut, they also cut Latavius Murray today. So like his, Kamara's veteran backup is no longer there, which was a big surprise. They asked him to take a pay cut. He said no, and yeah, they just axed him. Um, And he he also had the best year of his career last year. He he did. So, um. (laughs) Alvin Kamara's backup right now is somebody named Tony Jones Jr. I do not know who that is. I uh, I had Latavius Murray stats, and now they're useless. <laughs> All right, their uh, their offensive line. I mentioned them. Taron Armstead, Andrews Pete on the left side, power side. A lot of Pro Bowls there. I think yep, he's both good. of them been in the last three. And and Ryan Ramchick, who's never been to a Pro Bowl, but does have an All Pro first team All Pro season under his belt. 
of course, he's from the University of Wisconsin and just got paid in the offseason to be uh, to be, I think, the highest paid right tackle in the NFL or, mm-hmm. or at least among them. And uh, he's sensational. So uh, that's a guy that they should have drafted instead of Kevin King. Yeah, I will. Uh, I that might be a lonely hill to die on. But uh, but that's the guy I really regret. Uh, over well, T.J. Watt is going to be defensive player of the year someday. <laughs> is is a perennial candidate, so like I probably should regret that more. But uh, but I still feel like Ramch. I mean, I man, the Kevin King thing. So bad, uh, so bad. <laughs> so uh, a, a little info on Tony Jones Jr. Yes, uh, he <laughs> he has a career thirteen rushing yards. Okay, he was an undrafted free agent. In oh, Notre Dame. Okay, uh-huh. he ran a four six eight. And his three cone is seven eighteen. Oh, that's uh, it's not, it's not good. <laughs> so, so they're gonna pair their their plus athlete receiving back with a not plus athlete pseudo power back. He's, kind of a bowling ball about, size guy here. He's about five eleven. Yeah, two twenty. Okay, that's Tony so Jones. He's a uh, he's a uh, uh, Brandon Spikes carrying the ball. Good call. Yeah, they do. They do have a good line, um, and they. Jared's right. They did not lose much from last year off of the line, and they. I think were number one in pass block win rate last year. Uh, the Packers dominated uh, both blocking statistics, but the Saints were right there with them on both counts, and uh, also a good pass blocking team. So they have they have talent in the trenches, which actually does play to uh, plays against a Packer weakness because the Packers did not have a good pass rush last year. They they had a huge regression to the mean season where they lost uh, from the Smith brothers about 71 hurries from 2019 to 2020. So um, if they can hold up and give Jameis time, maybe he can actually last long enough for all of those non wide receivers to get themselves open. But uh, there's a, there's not a lot there. The Packers should, should roll them like nothing. Do you, do you want to hear my defensive line hot take? Yeah. It will take until week three, for Jack Heflin to supplant Dean Lowry. I is that a hot take? I, I the fact that it'll, it'll take, take more than one week. It'll take more than one week, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I I'm on board with you on that. He's I think he's clearly better than Dean Lowry. And um I, I think you might see the, the King and uh and Lowry kind of step out at the same time. That's uh I, I think a changing of the guard will happen at some point there on both sides. Uh, guards play on offense, Paul. Hilarious. <laughs> just, so just funny. Very funny. Oh, come yeah. on. The uh, the Packers also might not have that pass rush from those Smiths at all if half of them are gone. And it doesn't like it doesn't sound necessarily promising that Zaria Smith is going to be available. It sounds like it could be, but he's been held out for so long and it's just now as of early in the week getting back toward like individual workouts. Maybe he'll do some team stuff on Wednesday, but they could they could be down him. That would that would not be ideal in terms of pass rush. You the know? dreaded I, bad back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes it, it's, it's not gonna, good. It's gonna be a problem all year. Yeah, it's it gonna is. be it's gonna be something they just gotta they just gotta deal with. What's the famous line? No one has ever had a bad back. That is it. It never mm-hmm. gets better. It's true. Well, maybe Preston Smith actually does you know round back into form as he. Uh, believes he will yeah, so. he's always maybe had... preston smith will actually rush the freaking quarterback that would be good maybe uh maybe he'll and he and joe barry will actually get along and uh no nah, this is not good I the joe barry defense <laughs> actually letting preston smith run, but rush the rem- quarterback. remember this time it's this time apparently we're getting joe barry pretending to be chuck pagano yeah right? no who's he pre- who's he pretending to be i forget year? i don't 
It's because long- because I'm pretty sure this year it's Joe Barry pretends to be Chuck Pagano, and back when he was the DC in Washington, he was Joe Perry. Pre- Joe Barry pretends to be Vic Fangio. I thought he was doing Vic Fangio this year. Is it? Yeah, Yo, maybe I got it backwards. So yeah, aren't we Vic- all supposed to be impersonating one of the Shanahan's? What? On what's going on here? Um, um, only on offense. Is, yeah, only Mental on offense. Is impersonating right. Shanahan. Yeah. Okay, got it. Got it. Good. That's what we I just want to know. About. I just want to know who the impersonating is. You know what's going on. Yep, I do want to mention, we'll get to this a little bit more when we get to questions. I do think people are sleeping on Lazard a little bit this year. Um, I know MVS has had a good camp, everybody says so, but um, Lazard was tearing it up before he got hurt last year, and he has basically always been good when he's on the field, if he's healthy at all. Um, He was not that far off of MVS yardage-wise on the season last year, and I think there's a good chance, It's not they play different positions, I I don't think he's going to like steal MVS time that much. But if he ends up being the second best receiver by yards, touchdowns, whatever, I wouldn't be that surprised. I think uh, he's also kind of a sneaky fantasy play also um, because he is more of the, you know, he'll get a lot of targets. Um, and I think he is a he, definitely a bigger threat around the end zone than MVS is, who's just not that. He's good far away. The closer you get, the, the less good he gets. He's nice from afar, but far from nice. In, indeed, that is correct. Well, he uh, dominated you know, the Saints last time, so they'll be ready for him this yep. time. On on the subject of everyone's pretending to be everyone, uh, I just read The Blind Side for the first time in my life because I was turned off by the Sandra Bullock movie. Like I thought that the, <laughs> I thought I thought the book was just going to be like the movie. Turns out that that book is like sixty percent. Oh my God, Bill Walsh. Yeah, it is. That's about right. And I, um, I also think that um, I, I'm surprised at the movie. I, I know that authors don't get to control movies. However, I think it's very unstated but clear in the blind side that it's weird and possibly corrupt what's going on with Michael Orr. Whereas in the movie, it's, it's like a feel-good story. And those are yes. tonally very different things. So... Um, uh, if you never read The Blind Side, it's good. I, I highly recommend it. Michael yes, Lewis is I, I always also, good. Like, but... And even the Michael Orr story is better in the book than it is in the movie. Yep. Except except for the end where he accidentally assaults a three-year-old and sends him to the hospital. Mm. That happened. People forget. People forget. It's not, it's, not in the San, it's not in the Sandra Bullock movie. Yeah, that would be a real uh, no, downer. So, so apparently every single person is attempting to be Bill Walsh, according to The Blind Side. Every offense is Bill Walsh. Well, the blind side's like what? twenty years old now, so that was kind of <laughs> more it's, or less it's true. Uh, when, when did it come out? Like twenty ten, something like that. Uh, so yeah, it's a decade old at this point. Uh, Holy crap! Twenty ten was over ten years ago. It was. Was Long it twenty ten? Was it that far back? I guess it probably yeah. Blind side's sure old. Enough. Let's see. Also, Michael, but it, I mean. It, it talks about the, the, the come up of Bill Walsh and, and using the, the passing game instead of a run game when yep. you don't have a very good. It, it, it's getting it's the ball really out good. before the pass rush gets there. That's what you do. Yes. I yeah, love Sandra like, Bullock, by the way, but that she should not have won an Academy Award for that movie. <laughs> that was upsetting. I don't think, I mean, unless you give another one to Meryl Streep, I don't think there's by an the way, obvious clear cut. should have given it to. 2006. Oh, so that book is 15 years old at this point. Oh my god. <laughs> the movie's only 2010 though. Yeah, the that's true. Um, and Michael Lewis still the only author to have three of his books turned into Academy nominated movies. Uh yes. Big Short. Wow. 
Yep. Big short in addition to Moneyball. Two of them, of course, sports movies. Moneyball, yep. Blindside. I like it. I mean, uh, very good, the, very good books. I love Michael mm-hmm. Lewis. Investing is a sport. <laughs> okay. So all three are all three are sports movies. And I'm trying to think, did Christian Bale win for that one? Brad Pitt should have won for Moneyball. Moneyball should have been best picture. That movie was insane. <laughs> Loved it. It's very good. Uh it's... Big Short, I don't remember if it got any any biggies. It may not have. I don't think it did. Um but I actually I think that might be my favorite one. I love Big Short. It's really good. Big Short was a great movie once. I could never watch it again. Well, it's depressing, so I get that. Yes. But it's entertaining, depressing. So anyway, football. Football. <laughs> it did win for adapted screenplay, by the way. Adam McKay, Charles Randolph did win for adapted. Good, screenplay. good for them. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge—that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. All right. Football. Football. football I guess. Um, uh, uh, we could. It's just probably just about time to question. But before we do that, um, at, at the the other teams in in the North, um, the Vikings start with the Bengals. The 49ers play at Detroit, and the the Bears get to start off with the Rams and Matthew Stafford. So that's that's fun. Um, I, I think that the Vikings probably win because I think the Bengals kind of suck, and the other two get stomped. And, and uh, I think that's kind of maybe how the year goes for those teams <laughs> but uh, I don't, oh, the um the Bengals just signed a Vikings quarterback to their practice squad oh well that now they'll it's all over for the Vikings now they're, it's all over for the Vikings their secrets are all revealed it's a uh, uh, my my favorite quote about it was uh, the only thing this guy was good at was knowing the Vikings offense <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome um you should we should remember too and this is something that I was reminded of today because I wrote uh, at jsonline.com looking at the espn they do sort of an annual simulation of the season which is very fun uh last time i wrote about it was 2019 when they had the packers uh, getting the number one seed in the nl nl geez i'm watching baseball uh, in the in the <laughs> nfc and then losing in the first round of the rams so this year they have the packers going to the super bowl as the three seed upsetting the buccaneers in the nfc championship game uh but then losing uh losing the super bowl to buffalo buffalo but uh I'm reminded of the, of the expanded playoffs, you know, like a team like the bears, they could go eight and nine. They probably will go eight and nine or below, 
They could make the playoffs. They could be the seventh seed. Remember, seven teams per conference now are getting into the playoffs. So one of these teams is going to be mediocre at best. It's a good point. So a team, a team like Chicago, like that's what they're going to be gunning for. You know, I mean, Justin Fields will be quarterback by week four, week five, whatever it is. Yeah. And they actually, you can't count them out. Actually, it's kind of wild. Yeah, and garbage always got into the playoffs even with six teams. So that's a good point. Like we're going to see some real trash get into the playoffs with that that extra team. And uh, yeah, the Bears do have, I think, some extra leeway to actually do things right. Um, and I, I think once they get Fields in there, they'll be okay. Their schedule is brutal. If I urge everybody to go take a look at the Bears' schedule. It is very, very difficult. I know it's hard to tell. Before the season starts, sometimes you get fooled on those things when certain teams underperform. But uh, it looks like a really tough schedule. But uh, it, that that is true. They might. I don't think they're terrible. Their defense is still good. They still have good skill position players at a couple places. Like Allen Robinson's still good. If if Fields is okay, he's got weapons, and I think he is okay. So they might be okay. Have I have I put my um, Fields prediction on wax yet? I don't think so. Okay, so we are going to get three weeks exactly three weeks of Andy Dalton because is that uh, the Andy Dalton quality of defense is faced. Get Andy killed. <laughs> Andy Dalton is going to get murdered against the Rams. Yeah, yeah, he is. And then week two, revenge game against the Bengals. Okay. So Andy Dalton's going to tear it up against the Bengals. Week three, they play against a very good Browns team, get destroyed. He gets benched, bring in Fields, who then in week four, his first start ever is going to play against the Lions. So Fields is going to look like a phenom in week four, and then he's the starter for the rest of the season. That's a good confidence builder. It's not a bad way to go. I like your theory. It, it does require that Andy Dalton survive the first week, which survives week one or week three. Yeah. Like more than 10 minutes a week three could be tricky. So also before we get too far away from baseball, I know this is the first time I've ever said that. Yeah. I just learned about hell? Brewers. I just learned about Brewers. Great. Zach Granke. Yes. Oh, you just learned about Zach Granke. I just learned about Zach Granke. What okay. an interesting character. That what guy did is. you, what did you just learn about him? His general disposition. <laughs> that is the best thing to know about Zach. Ranke. It is. It is absolutely um, the best thing to know about Zach Ranky. As as someone who is is very loud about uh, the the culture behind masculinity and how men should seek help for their mental issues, I'm a big fan of Zach Ranky. Immediately, I think when he was in Milwaukee, everybody pretty much loved Zach Ranky and really did embrace. Um, you know, his, his quirkiness and uh, liked him for it for the most part. That has not been true everywhere um, that he's gone. But uh, 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 Zach's stories are always the best. Um, there's some good ones about him just talking smack to Ryan Braun about hitting practice. Um, <laughs> he, he always has a contest with himself to throw the slowest curveball possible and makes bets with 54. Play. 54. It gets slower every time he does it. So um, it makes bets with people. He's great. Uh, I, I like Zach Granke a lot cool guy well cool but, is not the right word but interesting character about well my favorite thing i learned about zach reiki was when he was coming up in 2009 something like that mm, seems Maybe 2000. longer ago than that with the royals but i could be wrong um or no it's 2004 2004 yeah um he came right. up and he was supposed to be like the hottest pitching prospect ever he requested to go back to single a so he could come up as a, as a shortstop <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that sounds about right. That's yeah. that so, is Zach. So yeah, just for all the listeners out there, I don't completely hate baseball because I do like an interesting story. Yeah, that's a good he one. Is, he's one hundred percent an interesting story. 
Probably uh, probably should have won a second Cy Young in 2015. I was looking back at some of this stuff. Jake Arrieta won it. I think Sprinky maybe was the better candidate. He but. absolutely was the better candidate and definitely should have won the Cy Young that year. You are split some votes with his guy Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, he awesome. was he was the ERA leader in 2015 and the WHIP leader and the ERA plus leader if you want to adjust for things. Uh, and uh, yeah, absolutely. Should we do questions? Yeah, yeah, let's, let's do, do questions. Let's do questions. Let's figure out what we're doing here. Next week, right. there's going to be a question. Why the hell was Matub talking about baseball? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. Kind Next week, th- I'm going to talk about Madden. Kind of th- oh, God. Thrown, okay. Th- totally thrown for a loop. Uh, r- quick reminder, uh, we are part of the MKA Tailgate Network Patreon. If you go and donate the minimum, you get question priority on both podcasts, including this one. So uh, Patreon questions always go first. And uh, we don't have Jay this week, which is sad because... We're all hey, set to speak- anoint him as the number one question every week, but oh well. Speaking of patrons, how come your brother, Danny Noonan, who is a patron, did not ask a question this week? I don't know. I, I'm not really sure. He must have had too much going on. He did ask me if Brandon Woodruff has gotten worse since MLB cracked down on funny stuff on the baseball. And uh, <laughs> yes, he has. He's lost about a point of ERA um, from the crackdown time till now. That could just be random, but it is worth noting. He also did lose about 200 RPMs off of his spin rate. So, yeah. Anyway, that's that's enough speculation there. I watched a video where a D2 pitcher put 700 RPM on his spin rate using spider tack. I mean, it's pretty well established what goes on there with spider tack and what comes off. And Brandon did not actually lose as much as you would expect. So it's also possible just a mechanical change or something like that. But uh, he has been also pitchers are often just worse from half to half or better from half to half. Sure. So. And look, I mean, he is, this is a career high in innings for him. So it, it could very easily be regular workload. I mean, Corbin Burns lost a lot of spin too. And the guy's been still pretty untouchable. Yep. So it's, it would you a- guys compare this to a bunch of players suddenly being bad and hurt all the time when the NFL started testing for HGH? No, not really. Um, it's a, uh, it's a it's a weird thing because everybody uses something. Uh, th- this is its own story. This is for the baseball podcast. This will take too long to do. However, <laughs> here's the important thing you have to know: baseballs are too smooth, and so everybody uses something on them to get extra grip. Um, they go through a process of mudding before the game, where the members of the coaching staff rub them in dirt to get a little bit of friction on them. And so uh, things like spider tack and grippy stuff just grew out of the fact that the the baseball as it's constructed is defective for pitching. It, it, it is not as good as it should be for grip. So um, there's a lot lot to fix there. And, and I still think it's debatable whether you, you could call it cheating at all. It's, it's not expressly, it is now expressly banned because baseball decided to expressly ban it. But everybody used something on baseballs to get a better grip so that they wouldn't murder the batters. So. There you go. Should they also be allowed to deflate footballs? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I am currently reading a book about Deflate Gate. It's called Big Game and it's written by a Pats fan. And even he hates the Pats. It's amazing. <laughs> Great. All right. Starting with our Patreon questions, PJ Vessels. PJ Wessels asks, which Vessels. divisions might be close this year? Which divisions shouldn't be close? Well, the NFC <laughs> North shouldn't be close. No, it should not. Um I think you kind of status quo on this a little bit with the AFC East probably not close. I know people – I don't like Miami as much as a lot of people. And maybe New England's good with Mac Jones. But I think Buffalo destroys everybody in that 
No, okay. You know what? I kind of take that back. There's a lot of uncertainty there that doesn't exist normally because Zach Wilson looks. looks Zach Wilson okay might too. be good. Yeah. Yeah, Zach Wilson might actually be. Good. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That actually. What if, might be what if Mac? Jo- what if Mac Jones is good? He might be. Okay, it's possible that is a close division. I take that back. Um, oh, changing when the guard. The last time, when was the last time the Bills had the AFC East on lock? Uh, Jim Kelly. Nin- 90, 91, Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, the, the North. I don't think will be the the NFC North. Not close. The, the NFC East is weird. Um, I think Washington's way better than everybody else's in that division, but I've seen people like loving the Giants' defense today, and I don't get it. Um, and then Dallas but is they have they have Danny Dimes, uh, th- right? Philadelphia is obviously terrible, and Dallas is I don't I don't trust Mike. I, they have a lot of talent, but yeah, so so not close. It, on the subject of Philadelphia, Paul, I think the best thing for you just happened in philadelphia what's that i think philadelphia just got a different starting quarterback what, so gardner? your favorite co- yep i uh, think gardner I, do gardner. Might, I think gardner Minshew might end up starting and your favorite mr hertz might end up going by the wayside and in the future where jordan love is starting and bad and hertz ends up a free agent i do like jalen hertz i think he's okay he's not great it, like <laughs> He, he's he's, he's okay he's not his stats were good in college but he uh he's got he's got some mechanical problems long, I, long I, time I, listeners of the pod will remember you gushing over him pre-draft well then i looked at his how... tape you know there's a reason i, I still liked <laughs> tyler huntley and, and and i wasn't like raving about jalen hurts is because i could see how you could win with jalen hurts if you make a if you have a smart offense that uses mobility you can do something with him but he's not He's not uh, the same. He's he's okay, but not great. It's Felipe Frank season up in here now. We're uh... he made the team. I'm like he had a bad he had a bad preseason, but he made the team. So uh, he's still alive. He can still improve. I do like so Tampa's going to destroy the South. That that is a bad division this year. Um, that's not going to go well for anybody outside of them. Um, I don't know about the West. I think that'll be close. Um, Kansas City. Uh, Chargers might be okay, but I can't count on the Chargers ever being okay. But no, I think I think uh, Herbert actually is going to have a real shot at MVP this year. Really? Yep. Huh. I think he's that good. Okay. Cool. And I think as long as Keenan Allen stays healthy, which that's a big, big if. Yep. But um, I do think that the Chargers have a phenomenal offense and a good enough defense. I like. I do like the bones of that defense. I think they could be really good. And I, I like Justin Herbert. I'm not sure MVP in year two is where I'd go, but I, I especially because all the bills have to do is do what you'd expect. And Josh Allen is going to be way, way up there. Yeah. And if Mahomes like has a, another giant season, that's also yeah, quite sure. possible. Um, so yeah, I, I, that kind of covers it. I think the, but, the, the South with Tennessee, um, they're going to, that's, that might be the, the most blowout division in football, the AFC South. Um, Tennessee's way better than all those other teams. They're not even that good. Like for a, a, a good team Tennessee's fine but like Indy is going to be real bad Houston's going to be uh, Houston and Jacksonville are bottom like of the barrel two of the worst franchises in sports and you got them in the same division so that's a uh, it's going to be not great Jason Dondlinger asks am I wrong to have a lot of excitement for what I think Josiah DeGuara might do in this offense LaFleur loves him you should see a lot of snaps at both fullback and tight end spots do any of you share this thought or should I curb my enthusiasm I have no idea what that was. There's my attempt at the curb your enthusiasm. Fine, yeah. I think it's good to be excited about 
DeGuara. I think uh, what they want out of him is a, a use check type player, and uh, I think if they if he if he stays healthy and understands the offense, they'll get something like it, and that's a good thing to have. So um, it's it's another efficiency bump. It's another part of the playbook they can use that they couldn't use last year because they didn't have a guy to run those routes. They tried like that, that's how Daphne ended up catching a touchdown is. Um, they, they had him do one of those and it actually worked and um, with a with a guy who's practiced all year and knows how to run deep routes as a fullback it'll work even better so um, yeah it, so it's it's a good thing I think it's 70% what you're saying yep. and then 30% we are still trying to cope with spending a top 100 pick on a fullback yeah <laughs> but it's, yeah but it's possible in this offense he just he just takes off he's like the guy who pops this year that no one saw coming yep I think that is possible and that is a useful position in the Shanahan offense. You, you still, I, I think they overspent for him. I think they could have gotten him two rounds later, but it's not like they don't use that guy. And they've been looking for somebody to play that position since they drafted him and he got hurt. And um, now they, they got him back. So I think being excited about him is fine. Also, he was pancaking dudes before he got he hurt. He was. He looked good. It's not like he it was like Sternberger never looked good and then got hurt and then didn't look good and got hurt and didn't look good and did drugs <laughs> and didn't get hurt and um or didn't didn't play well he's he he was he, always he bad. didn't do drugs he got drunk he got drunk sorry alcohol is a drug but uh <laughs> <laughs> thanks dare <laughs> <laughs> but uh Deguara did look uh promising before he got hurt so i i think that he will be an asset to the offense Alex Lamers asks, I know the Packers have done a good job finding offensive linemen in recent years, but any concerns about the level of performance and consistency early this season with Bakhtiari on the pup list? I mean, yeah, there's, I think concerns. they're starting Lucas Patrick and I'm not happy about it. Agreed. Uh, I'm, I'm with you on that. He was, um, he was number one on the depth chart, which was a surprise. And yeah. Um, but yes, uh, one of, aside from the, the talent drop off, like, I think we all kind of think Elton Jenkins will be fine over there at replacing just Bakhtiari, but the knock-on effects from that are, are significant and not great, which is, um, you know, an offensive line is five people deep. And when you lose the top guy and you slide people up, you add a guy who's six spots worse than him in some capacity to the line. That's what you get. With, that's how you get Lucas Patrick on the line. Um the other thing we know from lots of statistical work on offensive lines is one of the best predictors of their effectiveness is continuity from year to year. Lines that stay together tend to work a lot better than lines that replace people and plug people in and out all the time. And the, the Packers have a lot of rookies, a lot of new people, um, and their the lack of continuity and decline in talent, I think, may hit them early. And you may see more blown blocks and less, a less dominating performance than we're used to until they start to at least gel and replace Lucas Patrick. Um, so yeah, yeah th- I think being worried is legit, especially when they run up against a good defense here and there. And the Saints actually have a pretty good one, so they may be tested early too. Let me ask a rudimentary football question. It's always difficult for me to assess line play anyway, but even in, even during the game, because it's not as simple as saying, oh, so-and-so missed a block and a guy got a free rush. You know, like that happens too, but it's, you know, different schemes you'll have different results guys trying to compensate bringing you know bringing guys into chip uh because because you can't trust the tackles or like when when guards aren't playing well when you're not getting the production of the guards what does that look like what is with this uh, okay scheme? so so a quarterback needs to be able to climb the pocket 
So we'll take a like a five, seven step drop, something like that. And then you'll the edge rushers will come around and the tackles will lead them to the outside. And the quarterback should be able to climb the pocket, move forward within the pocket. If your guards are playing poorly, they're just going to climb into a defensive tackle who's in their lap. My all-time favorite example of this to show to people is the Carolina-Denver Super Bowl. Uh, Cam Newton, the reason he got murdered by Von Miller was because of Derek Wolf. Derek Wolf is the unsung hero of that Super Bowl. And if you want to see what happens when guards don't play well, go watch that and watch Derek Wolf. All right. So it, it does show up more in passing than you know. Stereotypically, you think, well, they can't rush the ball up the middle because the guards aren't letting <laughs> letting D tackles through. But it's not as simple as that. Of How good are the Packers ever at rushing the ball up the middle? <laughs> That's a good point. Like, That's not like Elton, Elton Jenkins is the best left guard in football, and the Packers still don't run behind him. No, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good yeah. Point. All right. Very true. All right. All right. Let's move to Twitter questions. Neil Olson asks, "What if any new wrinkles will be part of Matt Lafleur's offense in year three? And here we go back to Josiah DeGuar. Um, I think. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love it. Paul just has a has a giant list of Kyle Uzcheck <laughs> touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> Here is your answer. It says Kyle, in the rundown, and it's Kyle Uzcheck touchdown. Kyle Uzcheck plays at 15 yards or more from the last time he had a full season, which was substantial. Um, there, I think there's another big thing to look forward to that's going to be vastly different this year as well, with Randall Cobb and Amari Rogers joining the team. Um, Lafleur tends to run sort of any old person from the slot. Uh, MVS actually played in the slot a ton last year. Lazard plays primarily from the slot when they go three wide. They don't have a, a normal, you know, small, shifty and small space slot receiver and haven't for quite some time since Randall Cobb was here the first time. And they will probably have some wrinkles that involve those guys on the field that we haven't really seen before. Usually slot in the Packer offense ends up going deep more often than not. Um, it, it's a matchup play to get taller guys on shorter people or linebackers or people who don't want to run fast vertically down the field. And they will probably have at least some incorporation of horizontal concepts that they haven't had in the past with those guys. So I look forward to seeing what they do with them. It's it's novel for the offense, and I also do ha- I do kind of wonder if it has any knock on impact with um, especially MVS getting deep. Um, he was he had a great DVOA when working out of the slot last year because he could abuse guys when he did get open on a nine route. And if he's not able to run those routes out of the slot as much because they have a traditional slot receiver, it could actually have a negative impact on their vertical game. But I think they'll work around that. And they're Lafleur is smart enough to get the most out of everybody. Yeah, but I mean, you could you'll still see things like um, like MVS in the slot with the quote unquote slot guy, um, it, like to the right of him in a trip set, something like that. And you'll see stuff like dagger. Yeah, like, like the the slot guy will be running an out versus MVS running a nine. Basically, a mesh, um, a, a clever clever outside mesh of some kind. Run run mesh until you can't. That's baby. right. Uh, Jonathan Deal asks a question that is, I think, kind of a companion to the offensive line conversation. Should have read this sooner, but with news that Jenkins is going to start at left tackle, is it more valuable to have a player like Bakhtiari, who is the best or second best at a premier position? Or a player like Jenkins who can play versatile positions at an all-pro level. It's tough to answer, right? Because like the, the problem isn't Jenkins moving; it's what's left in his stead. Yeah. So, like, what do you have? What do you have behind him? That's kind of what matters there. That is. Yeah, I, but I think he means like if you could choose one for your line. 
Yeah, I get it. Like if you, I if, think you had, I... if you had four average guys, uh, well, that's not true though because Jenkins is a different animal there. I mean, that's. I don't know, Matt. What were you going to say? I got to think about it. I, I, I would, I would take the the all, um, number one left tackle in football. I, you either get the number one left tackle in football or the number one left guard in football who can be top ten anywhere else. And I think I take the best left tackle in football. I think that's a good point. Also, you have to ask yourself if can you live with average guard, center, right tackle. And I think the answer is yes. Yeah. Like you can live like your offensive line doesn't have to be dominant if your left tackle is a stud. Yeah. I, I mean, John John Runyon played right tackle last year. Yep. <laughs> I think you're right. The answer is Bakhtiari because it is like where you get them. If you only have one of them, you get the most out of Jenkins by playing him a left tackle. And, you know, it, you wouldn't use him in that scenario to replace other people on the line because you need him to play left tackle in the scenario where you can use his versatility. You have a left tackle that's at least as good as him. And that's, that's the only scenario where that makes any sense. And so um, that's the, not what we're talking about here. So yeah, I agree. It's Bakhtiari. Um, also, since Jonathan deal was brought up, he told me he would Venmo me $2 if I mentioned this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Bob McGinn is no longer with the athletic. He is yes. with uh, Ty Dunn's go long. That is correct. Bob McGinn is the, Bob McGinn is the reason that I was boycotting the athletic because Bob McGinn once wrote an article that said Mike McCarthy was a bad coach because he's fat. He did do that. That is true. That did happen. So now that Bob McGinn is no longer with the athletic, someone please send me an affiliate link so they can get the credit for me re-signing up with the athletic. <laughs> okay. There you At go. At me on Twitter with, with your affiliate link. Two, All right. Two dollars uh, for Matt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Quentin Wetzel says, uh, who will have the second most receiving yards on the season? This is, Alan Lazard. I, I love this question. Um, I, I'm tempted to go Alan Lazard, but I'm really not sure. Um, Paul, 45 minutes ago, you said it was going to be Alan Lazard. But it, it, there's so many things working <laughs> against and for everybody. That's the thing. So um, it was MVS over Tanyan by 100 yards last year. And um, if you think MVS is going to improve on last season, it'll be him. Like if you think he can, you know, cut the drops a little bit, get the catch percentage up to like 60, he'll probably add 100, 150 yards to his total and he'll do it. But Lazard missed six games last year and was only a couple hundred yards under him. So if he plays the whole time and at least gets a couple targets a game, he'll be right there with him. But Tanyan also like only got 50 something targets last year. If they work him in more to the offense this year, it's not impossible to see him going up by a couple hundred yards. And then you have Cobb stealing targets from various people across the the way too. And you probably have Kylan Hill stealing targets from people as well. So it's going to be really, really close. I think uh, I, I probably go Lazar too, just because six games is a lot. And I do think he's underrated. Um, but I, I think it's really an open question as to, to who gets it. It's going to be Devonte Adams well, as second best. So who's, who's getting first? Oh, I don't know. Is he getting hurt in like week five or? Well, so so let me galaxy brain this because All right. I, I 100% do not believe this. Not not even for a split millisecond. But like, one of the disadvantages to having Devonte Adams not under contract beyond this year is you, you can't fault him if he gets a little nicked up if he doesn't you know hurry back. I mean they they kind of you know he missed three weeks last year. He'll probably miss a week or two just because it's the NFL and it's a 17 game season. It's not really to his advantage to like hustle back. If he doesn't think he's going to be with the Packers next year, I'm not saying he'd be lazy about it. I'm just saying he's got to be smart. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe he misses some time. Like, I don't, I don't even think that's actually true. He would have to just, miss just throwing it out there. 
So Devontae did lead the team in receiving by about 700 yards last year. <laughs> and he missed three games. And he missed, That's incredible. He missed, uh, he missed two games, I think. But oh, so, it was only two. Okay. So counterpoint to Devontae not being under contract. If this truly is the last dance, if this is the last year of Aaron Rodgers, Devontae's not going to re-sign with the Packers. So what if they DeMarco Murray him? Just force feed him 300 touches <laughs> and run well, the goddamn Devontae Adams off. also, like, yes, he is regarded as one of the best receivers in football at the moment. That has not been the case for that long. And if he has a down season, people may start to see last year as a blip. So he's got a he does have some contract year pressure too. That's not totally absent. Yeah, just just DeMarco Murray. I'm give him give him three hundred targets and <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a good it battle be. though. I'll I'll take Lazard Is... and I'm 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 picking Lazard in all of my fantasy leagues because I do think that there's a good chance he's uh better than people think. Is that reference too old at this point for people to get? I have forgotten about DeMarco Murray getting crushed into the ground. I'd... Yeah, so 20, 2014, DeMarco Murray had something like 450 touches in the last year of his contract. Okay. I mean, we already talked about movies from 2010. We should absolutely be able to talk about NFL football from 2014, right? Yeah, it's uh, Matt taking over the Devin Aromashadu portion of the podcast. <laughs> the yeah. I, and I, another I, thing about Devin Aromashadu. The Packers receiving core is interesting to me because they are, you know, they're, they're, they're good. But I don't know if we can expect anybody to really just like rise above their station at all. We know what Devontae is capable of and how much more can he really give you? You know, like he's already at a superstar level. What, where, where are you going to go there? We know MVS's limits. He's going to have great games. He's going to have drops. He's not going to, you know, we haven't seen evidence that he's going to become like a number two, like a true blue number two receiver. Alan Lazard is, is good, but you know, he's, he's, he's what he is, right? Like, I think that's the best so, version of Alan Lazard already. I'm not sure about that so much because, all right. Um, let me give you the, the, the case for Alan Lazard, which I'm trying to do right now, but football outsiders is being a bitch. Um, he was like third in the league in terms of separation per targets. Um, which if I get this quickly enough, I'll actually tell you what he is for sure. Um, oh, look at Bob Tanyan was very good last year too. Um, Lazard averaged 3.7 yards of separation per target last year. That was good for one, two, three, like seventh or eighth in the league. Um, so he's, he's get, he gets a ton of separation and he always, always has a great DVOA. He would have ranked fourth in the league in DVOA had he had enough targets to qualify last year. And he's almost always a top 10 player. And all that measure, all that measures is you're either being explosive or you're always generating first downs. So, um, he's always finding the sticks and always doing that. He, he is younger than Marquez Valdez Scantling by a year, so oh, wow. uh, if you if you want to project growth in MVS, you can also project it in Alan Lazard, who is actually still his junior, um, and you know he's always either missed time or um, had something go wrong. If he actually plays a full season, um, he and can keep volume decent, I think there's a good chance he's a really good receiver. So okay, I That's like good. guys. I like guys who are efficient in small sample sizes. If I, I like seeing what they can do with bigger sample sizes, and he'll be really good if he actually gets them. Well, you know, Paul, there are two types of people those that can extrapolate based on past data. <laughs> yes. It, Very it, good. It's a, it's a great joke. I love it. <laughs> we, uh, this is it. This is our last question yep. from uh, Bill Pakoda. If you had to choose only one rock as a color guy, which would you pick? Who's better? Nice piece of hitting rock. Or groans of ecstasy on every completed deep ball rock. 
This is Rockers and Bill Schroeder, right? Versus Rockers and Leonard McCarran, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So do you prefer – oh, okay, so he's just asking about Larry McCarran probably. Um, well, he wants but to know, Bill, do you prefer Bill, Bill Schroeder, Schroeder or Larry thing. McCarran? Oh, okay. That's but I question. feel like Bill Schroeder and Larry McCarran are almost identical. Oh, I, dis- I, I, I heartily disagree with this. I, I just mean in terms of like they both lose it and they both will interrupt the, the great play-by-play call to like – fan out for a second <laughs> like how many i mean it's it happens all the time with Look, both those guys the answer has got to be larry because he's going to say brandon cub <laughs> he, he will do that but, but that was that was joe buck who said brandon cub no was that not? was that was larry mccarran larry and his messed up pinky wasn't it he's got he's got brandon huh. wasn't that was larry mccarran i don't I think it God. was i think it was one of the old guy announcers at cbs and i don't think it was buck either um shoot oh it has to be buck is on that call well, this buck, is your uh, this buck is... said buck said he's got Cobb, so maybe he didn't say that so but i but swear right. to god Someone brandon, said brandon cobb. guys guys brandon cobb is larry McCann. your homework is to at matub with um who said brandon cobb all right i know it was somebody uh if you've listened okay to it, it what i i know the answer okay i know the answer what is it tell me it, it was it was larry mccarrett it was, it was. Right. Oh, okay what, wayne and larry were on the call of the of the uh, fourth down. Yeah. And yeah, and Larry McCarran said, he's got Brandon Cobb. <laughs> I mean, the Larry McCarran's, the, the yes, yes, wow. in the middle of a huge play. I love that. That's cool. That's absolutely. <laughs> the down, The downside of Larry McCarran is if I never see his mangled finger his ever again, <laughs> it will He's on still the radio. You don't have to see it. You don't have to see it. He's on the radio. No, but then they'll show him on the sideline holding a microphone and interviewing someone, and his mangled ass pinky is sticking out. He's like, he's like, hey, let me talk to you about this. But Bill Schrader is different. Bill Schrader. Uh, Bill Schroeder. Bill Schrader is a different person. Bill Schroeder is very different. He he is he he has a lot of quiet disdain and a lot more shtick than Larry does. Larry's just there yelling enthusiastically, which is totally yeah. good. I'm on board with that for football. And and Bill's like often will be like, ah, I don't agree with that. That. The terrible call right there, and talking about his no hitter and all that jazz. So, I like I like him. He's grown on me a lot over time. So I, I might go with baseball um, rock over football rock. But they're both they're both good for their sports. They capture the temperament of what they call very well. I think Bill Schroeder's challenge and, and all color commentators for baseball is that there is such a high volume of games. You just can't give that much analysis. Yeah. Like at some point, you just surrender to the cliche because you just said this the night before. Or, you know, like there's just not enough pieces of human interest or or like technical merit to, to talk about it. So at some point yeah. you just surrender to who you, to like geeking out a little bit. And I um, I think a lot about broadcasting a lot and how it's sort of been I, I don't know if anesthetized is the word I'm looking for, but the, the, there aren't a lot of characters in broadcasting anymore than the younger generation, my generation, our generation of, of broadcasters are very by the book down the middle a lot of voices that sound similar and yeah. it's it's very professional and it's very good it's quality they they're they're giving you a clear cut visual play by play and that's great but you don't have the Ron Santos of the world anymore or the <laughs> Hawk Harrelsons of the world i mean those guys beloved bob Uecker, bob Uecker, hawk harrelson very ron true. santo legendary voices who are beloved by their fan bases and obviously football is a different animal cuz all the tv broadcasts are national so you don't have that tv voice like you do in baseball but you do have that still on the radio and I don't think there are going to be a lot of Larry McCarrens. Like there aren't a lot of color commentators coming up through the ranks who are just like, you know, yelling, screaming yes in the middle of the you game-winning know, touchdown. There true, was one, but true. they made his ass a head coach. 
<laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, ex- exactly. So the 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 lack of char- character is the wrong word. Like these, the announcers have great character. It's just they're they're not they're not characters. Well, and you know, so it's easier to cling to the guys who are still kind of college. College had a really good pairing in um, uh, Rex Ryan and Beth. Is it Mullins? Beth Mullins. Beth Mullins. Beth Mullins yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that was a good like Laurel and Hardy person who screams versus straight man. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just though for national broadcast, you're not getting that partisan thing, which which we all say we don't want. Like fans are fans constantly emphasize in their minds only the negative stuff said about their team. True. Every game blog I work, it's like, oh, the announcer sure are loving on name the opponent. <laughs> it's like it's it, it's even. I promise you, you just only hear the stuff that annoys you. You don't hear the stuff that excites you because you're too busy being excited with them. I will agree with that to a point. I do think that uh, Troy Aikman purposely hates on the Cowboys. Oh, the Cowboys. Interesting. Really? I, I oh, I not, I, that's a twist. I didn't know where that was think, going. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, I know, right? I think I think Troy Aikman overtly hates on the Cowboys, so he doesn't seem like a homer. Interesting. Sure. Okay. Like the I, he, like the like, coaches the, the the coach who coaches his kid is harder on his kid. Yes, exactly. I I, I think that that he's overtly mean to the Cowboys. I, I honestly would not have known that. That's interesting. No. Okay. Good observation. <laughs> yeah. That's all. Hit you with the twist. I think that, that, that is all we had. So um, yeah. before we get out of here, um, any JR, any plugs at the JS? Uh, yeah, not really today. I, I did do the live the live game blog for the Badgers this past week. It did not go well no. for the Badgers, for the commenters on the blog. It was <laughs> pretty much a cesspool. But uh <laughs> We'll be, we'll be doing that again. I think we'll be doing that again for the Notre Dame game in a couple weeks. But <laughs> I'm sure uh, that won't be a cesspool at all. There probably will be no uh, mentions of Jack Cohen. And, uh... <laughs> it could be. It could be a nuclear meltdown. Uh, we have we have to see. But obviously at JSOnline.com, we have a ton of coverage coming up for this game. Tom Silverstein, Ryan Wood, Pete Doherty. Uh, we've got we've got just a lot of Packers stuff coming up this week, and everybody should check that out. PackersNews.com if you prefer, but it's in the JS Online sort of network of stuff um you know badgers are still going brewers are still going so there's it's it's a great time of year yep. for wisconsin sports the the badgers lost certainly put a little bit of a damper on it but uh, but everybody's pretty fired up about what's to come here so uh just check that out jsonline.com nice matt yourself uh i will be competing in powerlifting this weekend good luck at uh, uh gorilla warfare um gorilla like the animal it will be live streamed. I'll be posting it on my Twitter if anyone wants to watch. Sweet. Um, it's uh, Sunday, two p.m. Mountain Time, best time. So three p.m. Lambo time. I just don't know, but uh, I, as as much as I love you, I want to support you. I don't know if people who listen to this podcast will be focused on that at three o'clock, <laughs> three o'clock. on <laughs> Sunday. Yes. So if you guys I have if a you feeling, guys can, they'll be doing other things. Turn off the Packer game to watch me <laughs> lift weights. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pitch that is uh uh but the the vibe that's like me out. saying Devonta adams is gonna have the second highest yeah. receiving yard you have you have just screamed into the void and uh <laughs> yes so yeah that's that's the the running joke um but no but uh uh yeah i think that's it all i gotta plug oh um pumpkin spice coffee is available on appletoncoffee.com use re at checkout to save 10 percent. that is correct it is delicious there i had go. it this morning um I have a season preview up at the Shepherd Express, and at least it should be by the time you hear this, and I'll have a couple of pieces up on APC this week on the receiving crew and where regression to the mean may, may hit people. Um, in particular, I've already done one on Bob Tanyan and his insane catch percentage, but uh, 
MVS also led the league in yards per reception by a country mile, and Alan Lazard um, has a couple of quirky um, advanced statistics about him that may either help him become great or um, crush him down and we'll never see him again so we'll see where that goes but check those out over at apc Uh, again um if you're hearing this on on the equity packing company podcast for the first time you can ask us questions on twitter at uh the twitter account for the the, this feed is as eligible which is uh only bill pakoda by the way way to get pakoda bill on your uh uh, as your Twitter handle, that's just a good poll there. But yeah, we're, we're as eligible um, on Twitter. You can ask there. Um, the uh, Milwaukee's Tailgate Patreon, if you uh, want to throw us a couple bucks, you get qu- question priority. And uh, other than that, thank you for listening and enjoy the game. Enjoy the game.